Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, I'm doing a solo cast. Surprise, surprise. And today is a continuation of the conversation that I was having with Patrick Erlinson. And that was specifically when he talked about entitlement. It shook me. It had me. It struck me as something so important that this entitlement is really at the core of so many of our problems with pornography, with sexual integrity, and with the world at large. And if we can really find a more humble, more grateful, and more responsible approach to life, everything changes. So I'm going to unpack this as best I can. It's a solo cast. I miss you guys. Let's get into it. Welcome back, all you cool cats. Andrew Love in the house. And I think this is the last solo cast I'm going to do for a little while. I don't want to bore you guys and gals out there with just hearing from me all the time. I know you love the dynamic of me and Benji. Benji's been on the road. And this show, can't we can't just stop the world because Benji's traveling, right? We can't just stop producing milk and cars just because Benji's traversing the globe. So, you know, Benji's been in Barrytown, New York. He drove his whole family up for UTS, and then he flew right after that out to Costa Rica to help with the event there, and he's just been away. So don't worry. I didn't stuff him in a box. He's not stuck on an island somewhere. He will be back. But in the erstwhile, everybody, I'm going to keep on creating content, and I hope you don't mind. And today's episode, I really wanted to continue the conversation I was having with Patrick in a very recent podcast. He brought up the topic of entitlement, and it struck me to my core when he said that, and I've been haunted. For me, in my chronology of like recording these podcasts, it was last week. I don't know when you're going to hear this because, you know, technology and all that. But he said something that haunted me and I haven't been able to let it go. And I can see this is a very dominant theme in the lives of all people, for sure. But I can see it so clearly here in High Noon and what people are grappling with, with their sexual integrity. Is this entitlement. I wanted to unpack this a little bit because it's such a deep topic that if you can see yourself and where you're entitled and where you're not, it'll help save you so much time and effort because we dig our own holes. We create our own problems. We, of course, there's sometimes life throws us difficult situations, but what we do with those situations, that's completely on us, right? Oh, you have a difficult marriage? Great. How do you deal with it? Do you just self-destruct and get into booze or become abusive? Or do you find the strength to love somebody that you didn't think you could love? That's what is before us in every decision, every single day. And if you have a real, like a responsible out, outlook on life, and you take responsibility for the difficult moments, rather than feeling entitled to a better outcome, swear to you, Life gets so much simpler. Doesn't get easier necessarily, but it gets a lot better and simpler. So I wanted to first kind of unpack this by talking about some analogies, right? 
some different areas in which we might find ourselves being entitled. So if you look at our present generation, there's a lot of people that feel entitled to making millions of dollars just by, you know, making some 20-second videos on TikTok every day. That's the standard because some people somehow seem to do that. So we all feel like we all should be able to do that, right? You see that one person and like, yo, I got this Lambo and all I did was make a couple videos, right? And you're like, oh, I want to do that. And then we start to feel like, wait a second, if that person can do it, what's wrong with me? Or that, that person's a jerk or life isn't fair or something like this, right? It's like this paradigm of like, I should get this because that person has it or they seem to have it. Whether they do or not is irrelevant. But I feel like I should have that too, regardless of how much I've worked or done the research or anything. It's an entitlement to money. You can see it very clearly that some there's, there's a giant swath of people who believe that they're entitled to being as rich as everybody else, regardless of how much value they're producing for the economy, for their family, for society, for their neighborhood. doesn't matter. They just feel like I should be rich. Why? Because I like money. So therefore, I should be rich, right? Whereas, as we know, money has many dimensions to it. There's emotions, there's concepts, there's, you know, are you actually helping somebody do something that's worth quite a bit of money, right? There's a ton of stuff that goes into that. But the ent entitlement mentality, I hope you can see how, how that factors in. When you're responsible for your money, you know where your money is and you know what it's doing and you know where it's going and who it's going to. It's, it's you're getting your money to work for you. But when you're entitled, it's never enough. There are billionaires who still are never sleep because they don't have enough money because they feel entitled to more and more and more. They don't care how they make their money. They don't care if it's ethical or not. They just want more and more and more because they feel this entitlement. I hope you can see that there are very juxtaposing energies. This entitlement and this sense of responsibility, very, very different energies. One is like a vacuum that can never be happy. It can never be satiated, right? And that is entitlement because if you feel entitled, it's almost like you want the entire world to fit into your needs. The world should acquiesce to my needs. That's entitlement. And if Somebody is in my way. I like out here. I'm still in Mongolia as I'm recording this. Everybody honks at everybody because everybody's in everybody's way. But I've always taken, I've been taken aback by that notion that you're in my way. This, this whole, like that saying is like, get out of my way. It's like, wait a second, your way. I didn't remember seeing your name in the street, right? I didn't see your name in the street, Mr. 72nd and 42nd. Anyway. That whole idea of you're in my way is just this, that's, that's the most personified version of entitlement I can imagine is that if you cross somebody's path and they were going in a direction because they're going somewhere and you're going somewhere, they feel like you're in their way. That's insanity, right? But think about how often we do that, that kind of stuff. That's entitlement. Another is food. A lot of people really want to be healthy without eating well or, say, exercising. There are certain basic functions that kind of, I don't know, create a sense of health. 
That is when all of your systems, you have cardiovascular systems, you have, I don't know, every, many, several systems. Those all require daily exercise, right? You, you have to continually work them out in order for them to optimally function. And if not, they start to break down. They start to show you that you're not taking care of them. And so regardless of how much you want to be fit, are you exercising not just your body, but all these systems that comprise you as being you? And are you eating the foods that your body actually needs you to eat? Or are you eating a bunch of superfluous stuff that is creating a sense of unhealth or disease? So I see that happening a lot where we're being forced to be okay with the fact that, you know, like health is relative in some people's perspective and it's not. And it's, and we're paying for it globally where there's so much sickness because people's immune systems are, you know, just not healthy because they're not taking care of themselves. So there's that aspect. Okay. So I hope that was enough. I hope I didn't lose you, lose you guys. But ultimately entitlement is a sense of immaturity. This is idea that I want that, right? I'm sure you've seen kids do this. I want that. If I, it's exactly like the Lord of the Rings, anytime you bring home a toy, I have all, all three of my kids are boys. So if I ever bring home a, like a, a toy that might be coveted by all three, like a remote control car, if I just bought a really nice, like a fancy remote control car, put it in the middle of the room without explanation, they would most likely claw each other's faces off because they're like, I want that. No, I want that. No, but it's mine. No, but it's mine, right? That's just pure immaturity. I saw the other day this little girl. We were in this park. It's called Olympic Park. Just on a side note, it's called Olympic Park. There's an Olympic, you know, like those, those rings, all in painted, huge, probably like 25 feet high. And I was like, oh, to my wife, I asked her, hey, when were the Olympics here? Was it the Summer Olympics? She's like, oh, no, the Olympics were never here. They just like to pretend like they were. So it's called the Olympic Park with the Olympic rings on it. Don't be fooled if you're ever in Mongolia, okay? But we were there and I saw this little girl freaking out. She was just there with her dad. She was on one of those scooters and she wanted something so bad that she was screaming she eventually pulled the whole, I'm going to put my face on the ground and just start rolling around. And her father acquiesced. He took her. I didn't know what she wanted until she stopped crying because he took her to this kind of little store where you can rent these little cars and drive them around. Kind of cute, also very manipulative. So it was in her state of immaturity that she felt entitled to this thing that she really, really, really wanted. So much so that she was willing to risk her physical health. <laughs> she was like rolling around on a busy street. Her dignity, if she had any, she was like, I don't know, two or three. So I don't think kids that age have any dignity. But the main part is in her immaturity, she never for a second asked about any other factors involved in her desires. Her entitlement told her that it doesn't matter if her dad has the money for this, if he has the time, if we've made an agreement, if I deserve this. That was none of those were a factor. It was just, I want this thing and I'm going to smash my face against the concrete until I get it, right? That's complete entitlement. So 
it's really, really important that we consider the other elements involved in the things that we want. And, I, and I'm speaking generally, but let me say it specifically. With pornography, think about this. When you are about to watch porn, you are not thinking even remotely about the people in that screen. These are eternal beings. These are people with souls, with desires, with families, with histories, with, you know, cravings, with, with feelings of disappointment and love and, you know, all this stuff. They are complex individuals made up of trillions of cells. And in the moment of your entitled desire, you could give a crap. You could care less. All you know is that those people are there to make you happy. You see how that goes. It's that vacuum mentality. How many people does it take for you to get a new? Doesn't matter. Scrolling, 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 more people. How many of those people are being forced against their will to make those videos? How many of those? There's been class action lawsuits against Pornhub because some people were put up there against their will. Their videos were put on that platform or even they put them up willingly, but they asked Pornhub to take them down. Some girls even reported that they had videos made of them being raped. Those videos were put on there against their will, and they couldn't get porn up to take them down. That's why in Canada right now, there's federal lawsuits really trying to take those guys down because it's insidious. So when you're scrolling and you feel entitled, how much of, of all of this information that I just parlayed is factored into your desire? None because you're possessed by a desire to be satiated. And that entitlement is kind of like it, it eclipses all reason, all judgment, all of your conscience. They're all out of reach at that point in time. All you can think about is the thing that you want, okay? But that's porn as an example. But think about this in marriage. I mean, for any of you out there who are married, Think about how often you feel entitled to something from your spouse. It could be sexual. That, that, that's a big problem when somebody's like, well, I married you, so you're supposed to please me. It's not how things work, right? But it could also be, you know, you're supposed to be rich because you're supposed to take care of me. Or it could, be, it could be many, many different things. But to have that entitlement mentality, it can absolutely obliterate any opportunity for intimacy, for joy, when you're just steeped in this thing like, I need this, I deserve this. Because what you're doing is you're emaciating, you're taking away, you're suffocating your capacity to be grateful. You cannot be entitled and grateful at the same time, okay? And I want to mention that, you know, from our vantage point here at High Noon, we've encountered so many blessings that have broken or have experienced extreme damage because of entitlement. And this is the one folly of many people who go through the matching and blessing process in our faith. And historically, this has been a problem with arranged marriages. In that, if somebody says, I like, let's say a guy, a young guy is like, well, I deserve a wife, so get me a wife. If you have that mentality, you're in big trouble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I want to tell you a personal testimony that when my wife and I were getting ready for our own matching process, I was honestly in a really altruistic place in my life. I was just like a missionary and I woke up every day and all I did was want to serve the world, save the world, 
help God, connect with God, talk to God, love people. I was just in a really, really good place. So when it came up like, hey, do you want a spouse? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> what kind of spouse? I don't know. Somebody that I can love and serve, right? I was just super idealistic. Whereas my wife was not exactly in that place at all. She was in the exact opposite place where she had somebody. She was kind of like bordering on wanting to stop being religious, wanting to stop having anything to do with our faith. This was back in 2008, something like that. And she, no, this is sorry, 2009 or 2010, something like that. And she was going to, her big plan was to find a spouse. She's very innocent, okay? She's very pure. She thought she was just going to like go out and find a husband by going like to bars or something. She doesn't even drink. She just thought that's how you get husbands in America. I don't know if she was reading Cosmopolitan magazine or I don't know. But she had no plan. Let's just say that. And then she had this one guy in her life. His name is Masahiko. He's a champion. He's an amazing dude. He has like six kids, loves his wife, really good dude. And he asked her about her plan. Like, what are, you, what are your plans for finding an eternal spouse? And she's like, she told him and he probably just fell off his chair. And then he's like, well, what kind of man are you looking for? And she's like, she said, you know, somebody that's just going to make me happy. Somebody that just can take care of me. And he's the most peaceful, gentle soul you could ever meet. He laid into her like crazy. He's like, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard. That's the worst attitude that you could possibly have going into the matching blessing. Are you crazy? Like he just really... And she said that was this divine point in her life where if she had gone with her ego, she'd be like, ah, oh, screw this guy. I don't need, I don't need to hear this. I can, I can be happy. I should be, I deserve happiness, right? This entitlement mentality. Or she can do what she actually did, which was listen to the guy and hear that he was trying to help her see that her attitude was way off, that her attitude was she was entitled to somebody who should take care of her rather than the other way around, which is I want somebody to love and to take care of, right? And so that was this helix crux in her life where she was, she, she was divided and she chose the side of altruism, which, is, which was hilarious because it wasn't like this, okay, I'm changed now. It was more like, okay, I'm open. And then we met shortly after and I was so gung-ho. I was like, hi, you want to get married? That was like so all in. And she's like, her one requirement was like, I don't want to get married to a religious guy. And then she was, she was introduced to me and I was like the most religious guy ever at that point in my life. So we went through this course of understanding that the matching at its very essence is learning how you can possibly commit to a life of servitude, serving each other. Because when both people genuinely agree to that, and have the capacity to live up to their agreements, then you have a couple that is built to last. Because when times get tough, you'll figure it out. When you don't have money, you'll figure it out. When the other person is going through radical changes and you don't even understand them, you'll figure it out. Why? Because that is your modus operandi. You're there to learn about how to serve each other at the highest level. Not only that, it makes sex perpetually better and better and better and better and better and better. Just as an afterthought. So really, honestly, that, that entitlement mentality is in so many aspects of our lives. And I think we need to do some house cleaning. I think it behooves us all to see 
where in our lives we feel entitled, whether it's in our relationships. My friends should treat me like this. I deserve more money or whatever it is, or whether it's, you know, whether you're taking responsibility, meaning the person who is responsible is responsible all the time and the good times and the bad. So if a relationship is going awry, you feel like you can do something to make it better rather than just saying, ah, this person isn't a good friend. I'm just going to ditch them. Screw them, right? So the antidote is responsibility, but it's the long view that you've, you've got to take. With my family, it's like I, if anything happened, my son just got a cough the other day. I immediately was hitting YouTube. Oh no, sorry, Google, just looking up different ways in which like different doctors, different, there's different like traditional Mongolian medicine, different herbs and stuff like that. I was like, I was on there because his cough is my cough because I am responsible for their lives. My wife is not feeling well. Guess what? It's my responsibility. I need to help her in some way, even if it's to give her space, even if it's to let her do her thing, whatever. I need to find out how I fit into that. And when you have that responsible mindset, there's always a way that you can contribute positively to the facets of your life, the things that make up your life, your job, your school, your relationships, your spirituality. It's never like if you imagine somebody who blames God, it's because they're, they feel entitled to a better relationship with God regardless of their own effort. Why isn't God answering my prayers, right? That's entitlement. So you can see how ubiquitous entitlement can be if you're not careful. So that's my homework for you today. And that's what happens when Benji's not here is I give you homework. Right? My homework to you today is to really take stock, do an inventory of your life and find out where are you entitled? Where are you blaming because it's not what you think it should be and you feel entitled to a certain result, but you're not taking responsibility to fix those things. Is it the blessing matching? Is it your finances? I'm so broke. Why are people rich? Why am I so poor? That means you're entitled. You've adopted it, right? So look at these areas of your life and start to clean them up. How do you clean them up? By taking more responsibility. That's the antidote to entitlement and gratitude. All those things, the more that you feed responsibility, the more that you feed gratitude and thanks, it'll start to wash away the entitlement altogether. So I hope this was helpful. Please let me know. Reach out. I'll see you soon.